Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. So spring has sprung here in North Carolina, and I am feeling the urge to do some spring cleaning. Well, not really. I honestly despise housework, but I'm really ready to move, remove that thick coating of pollen that's covering everything on my screen and porch and start using it again. Now, when I say I despise cleaning, I'm serious. Housework is the bane of my existence, and I'm starting to understand why. There are so many steps involved in doing simple chores like the laundry, for instance. Starting, sustaining, and completing tasks is really hard for my ADHD brain, and I know that I'm not alone. So I invited my friend and colleague, Motherhood Simplified founder, Krista Lockwood, to the show. We had a really insightful conversation about how we can actually simplify our ADHD lives by decluttering. We talk about reducing the steps and the workload in your home by decluttering. We talk about simplifying the decision-making process and what to ask yourself instead of, will this spark joy? We also talk about how to handle the ADHD concept of out of sight, out of mind. So we also mentioned the emotional impact of clutter on the AD and the ADHD mind episode that we recorded about a year ago. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you. Now, Krista helps moms declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. And you can find her at Motherhood Simplified on Instagram, Facebook, and on her podcast. But before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD support Scott I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week while you listen because it is often so full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. So if you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or you can find the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Krista, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> very, very excited to have you here again. And, um, and, but before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing right now? Yes. So it was, I'll give the, the quickest version possible. <laughs> My husband and I, we moved in 2013. We were born and raised in Alaska. And he, he had a business opportunity that allowed us to move to Florida. And we were a young family. We had three kids. We we're really broke. And so logistically, the thing that made the most sense was to move into a furnished house and like only bring a suitcase of stuff. And like at that point, decluttering, simplifying, minimalism, like it wasn't even like words that I had in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. Um, I just knew that logistically, this is what we're going to do and it's going to be fine. And I went through all of the things that people go through when they declutter their stuff, like fear, what if, just in case, oh my gosh, I'm wasting all this money. Um, my kids are going to hate me. We're going to be so bored. Like, this is really good stuff. I'm being so wasteful. I went through all of it. I just went through it really fast. Um, I also had to go through the decision-making process. Um, and a lot of people think like, oh, you only could bring what fit in your suitcases. That was easy. But it wasn't. Yeah. Um, because I actually, it's funny in hindsight, I had a bedroom like marked off for all of the things that we're going to bring in our suitcase. And like, even up until like a week that until we left, that room was full of stuff in my mind, just thinking this will fit in the suitcase, like <laughs> four suitcases of stuff. It's like a bedroom full of stuff. Um, so I went through that decision-making process too. And like having to see like how much stuff we actually have. Um, and we got to Florida, life got really simple and easy. We reaccumulated more stuff, more toys, mm -hmm. more gadgets, more things, but never to the point where I was like totally overwhelmed by my home like I used to be. And I think it was just kind of a subconscious thing. Honestly, I think I enjoyed the relief. Um, it felt good. And 
it became it became a thing. And then in 2017, I was pregnant. I was in a due date group. Um, that was like four years later. I noticed that these moms in my group were were all struggling with the same thing. And we did this thing called house tours where we showed each other our houses and everyone's like, I'm so behind on laundry. I'm so behind on dishes, like toys, like messes everywhere. My kids are chaos. And I'm like looking at their, their, their experiences and being like, I remember being like that. It's not like that for me anymore. Why not? Because I know myself, I'm not super organized. I don't have like these really rigid cleaning schedules or anything. So Mm -hmm. what changed? And that was when I like had the vocabulary to me is a big, it's very supportive for the way that I process things. I heard the word decluttering. I think I saw somebody talk about it. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that helped me. We decluttered our stuff. Life got easy. And I was really close with those ladies because we were having babies at the same time. And I was like, do you guys want me to show you how to do this? Like, I know how to do this. I've been doing this accidentally for, you know, four and a half years. Um, And they were like, yes, please, like, please help me. I kind of, in hindsight, was able to like understand the process that I went through, why it worked. Um, I also had a very extreme and dramatic experience in like, your stuff really isn't that important. You are resourceful. Like you don't need piles of excess. You'll always have enough. You'll always figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was able to like, in addition to teaching like the logistics of decluttering, of like how to make decisions, where to take things, how to sell things. I was also able to talk about that emotional side of it, of like, it's gonna be challenging. Like, especially when you have kids, because I was decluttering by myself. My husband was already in Florida. He went ahead of us to get the house and all that settled. So I was behind with three kids working at a preschool that I owned and operated for 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. and then decluttering after work, after caring for my kids and everybody else's kids right? all day. So I understand, like, I had really good experience in, like, really not ideal circumstances, Mm -hmm. no day-to-day help, like, small children. They were two, four, and seven. Um, And, yeah, so that's how I got to where we are now. Yeah. (laughs) Now I've been teaching it for almost five years. Right. You know, that every time I hear that story, um, I'm still just amazed, Krista. That's a lot. So I was a preschool teacher. I didn't own the preschool, but I was a preschool teacher. When I had kids, I decided I cannot (laughs) take care of somebody else's kids all day and then come home and take care of my own. So and then on top of that, you're decluttering and trying to um, get ready to make this big move in suitcases. (laughs) It's just, yeah, you're right. That is extreme. Yeah. And because I own that school, I rented like a thousand square foot house and ran it out of a separate house. So Mm -hmm. I was also decluttering our regular house, but I was also decluttering the school, which I don't talk about very much. I should talk about that more, but yeah, like all of my teaching supplies, an entire thousand square foot house full of school. school kids like a six by six foot closet of books like yeah it was a lot in addition to your own okay (sighs) yeah (laughs) thankfully most of us do not have to do that but what i do know is that clutter is uh it's hard for moms with adhd it's really the the uh you know we'll we'll talk about it um in a little bit but the the just the decision making i mean making decisions is hard enough right and then all of the steps and we'll talk about all of that and so i mean really what i want to talk about today is how can we well first of all that that when we do declutter and you can speak into this but when we do declutter that um, it makes everything simpler right and we'll definitely speak into that um but on top of that, so we'll, 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 decluttering makes things simpler, but you also have the experience to making, making the decluttering simpler as well. Does that make sense? Like they're yes. two different, they're two different things we're talking about here. But I think when a, yeah. over, overall simplicity is the name of the game for moms with ADHD, like we, it has to be simple. It has to be fewer steps. So mm-hmm. let's start by talking about, I love what you say. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about, um, about, uh, 
making things things simple and what what does that look like what like for, first let's talk about why does decluttering make things simpler yes okay so i love this because especially for moms with adhd and i know you know you know me i don't have an official diagnosis but i i fit the description and the experiences like just learning from you right has made myself make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I understand myself better, but the way that decluttering is one of the most supportive things that you can do in your motherhood, especially if you have ADHD, is that it reduces your overall workload. Mm, so yeah. what it used to be like for me when I would walk into my home is that visually I would see all of these things that I had to do, right? Immediately, in addition to like the children who are obviously I can always see and hear and feel yeah. them. They're always there. Um, I'm seeing piles of stuff. I'm seeing piles of laundry. I'm seeing dishes from last night. I'm seeing toys that I need to organize. I'm walking into my bathroom and seeing just chaos. And like, I need, I need to organize it. I need to clean it up. It's so dirty. I need to clean it. I need to make dinner. Um, you just like so much work. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that decluttering as a mom and especially decluttering as a mom with ADHD is different from other people is that our workloads are naturally higher because mm -hmm. we are taking care of other people and that comes with a lot of work. And we assume that because there's more people in our house, we have to have more stuff. And yes, mm -hmm. technically you do, you have more laundry of laundry for four people instead of one person, right? right? Or in our case, you have seven people, right? So it's laundry for seven people yeah. instead of just one person. But the difference is that if everyone in your family only has like one to two loads of laundry max, you only have to do like seven loads of laundry versus like 40 loads of laundry because everybody has three to four loads of laundry that they have to do. Goodness, so I never even thought them. about it that way, Krista. Holy cow, that's yeah. huge. Yes. Yeah. If everybody, so that's huge. Okay. That is number one. Like when you multiply it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I, I needed yeah. to, um, I needed to, uh, to make that point. That is huge, right? When you have one person and yeah. you have four loads of laundry, that's one thing, but then times four or seven, like in yeah. your case, that's huge. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. And that was one of the, I like talking about the laundry experience because that was one of the biggest things that changed when we moved from Alaska to Florida is at that point we had three kids. And I remember every Sunday, you know, I would like have to catch up on laundry, do my best to catch up on laundry from the week. And I would do like for my kids only who were tiny. So their clothes mm -hmm. were tiny. I would be doing like 10 loads of laundry. And one of them was at my stepson. So, you know, the amount that I had to do for him wasn't as much, but 10 loads of laundry for two, two kids, two and a half kids, right? Based on the time that we had. Right. Was so much, right? Like in hindsight, I can be like, wow, no wonder I was always behind. And then not only that, but like with ADHD, it was like, okay, I'm going to wash it. I'm going to dry it. I'm going to put it in a basket and I'm not going to put it away. It's going to pile up and pile up and pile up. Right. Because I'm so overwhelmed by how much is there that I never really got ahead. And when we got to Florida, we had one suitcase of clothes for each of my kids. And all of a sudden, every Sunday, I was doing two loads of laundry for my kids because they had, you know, they're two and four, their clothes are small. Right. I could fit it all into one, one load of laundry. And like I said, at that point, I didn't really understand why that was happening. It was only in mm -hmm. hindsight, but it was like, oh yeah, like they had one dresser full of clothes instead of a closet and a dresser and these laundry baskets, like, it reduces your workload. And then right. you can apply that same concept to like dishes, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be like for two toddlers, we had 15 sippy cups. Right. So I was constantly looking for sippy cups, trying to find the pieces that match the sippy cups, mm. washing them, finding mm -hmm. them shoved under the bed, finding them in the car, not able to find them when we needed them. And then we reduced it down to, I think when we moved to Florida, they maybe had like one or two each. Mm -hmm. But again, like it's an example of like my workload was simple. Like right. I had two to wash instead of 15. I had two to keep track of instead of 15. 
there was two in the sink instead of 15. I know that sounds redundant, but like, that's how it reduces your overall workload. Well, I think too, you know, again, you're reducing the number of steps. You're reducing the fewer, the fewer things that we have, the fewer, um, because I think with like the, um, the dishes have several steps, but especially the laundry, there are so many steps that especially when we have ADHD, when we get to, if there are too many steps, it makes it overwhelming to begin with. So when we're compounding the steps that already naturally need to be taken by, you know, the number of clothes or the number of dishes, sippy cups, whatever. Yeah, that that's, I mean, it's all of these little light bulbs. And we've talked like your, your work goes over and over and over and over again in my head. I don't know if you know that, but you're, you're in my head. So, but I, all of these little light bulbs continue to go off. Okay. So, so we're reducing the, the workload basically when we, when we declutter. Yeah. Can I give you like two? I have, okay. I have a very commercial laundry tip. It's like in good fun, but every, a lot of people get worked up over it. A controversial Absolutely. laundry tip. And then another like explanation of this. So when it comes to ADHD, the other thing that I found that is really helpful for me is like completing a task. Yes. Um, oh God. Just Dopamine. in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In my mind, just completing the task is everything for me. And when I mm-hmm. don't do that in my mind, it just causes a lot of chaos because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I have like 10 unfinished things. And, um, so laundry is one of the things that actually helps me with this a lot. And what I started doing after my posts were decluttered and it was simplified, I just naturally fell into this. And I think that's another testament to like decluttering and why it works is that when you have an amount of stuff that's manageable for you, Mm -hmm. it works better for you. It sets you up and how you're wired for success. So I naturally fell into a lot of these rhythms, um, not because I tried really hard, but because I set up my environment to work for me. Right. But with laundry, what I do, this is the tip. Just be open to it because some, a lot of people, there's like 50, 50. I don't know why they're like, wow, this is amazing. And other people are like, this will never work. And then they try it and it works. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> wash the clothes, like take a load of laundry, wash it, dry it. And then before you start the next load of laundry, either fold it or hang it and put it completely away before you even put it in the washer. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's going to take too much time. That will never work. But if you struggle to, if you struggle, if you don't struggle with this, then don't worry about it. But if you struggle with keeping up with laundry and if you struggle with having like clean piles of clothes all over your house, mm-hmm. just try this because it changed everything for me. And I swear by it because once it's folded and put away, like it's impossible for me to fall behind because- right there's no pile. What I used to do is like have four to five loads of laundry to fold and put away, which was too overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't do it. I would sit there until the next week. I would pull like clean and dirty clothes were mixed up. Oh I my was gosh, underwear, right? Pulling, pulling the underwear, yes. clean underwear out of the, out of the laundry basket that's been sitting there for two or three weeks. Yeah. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I talk about like, I used to just put my kids in the cleanest, dirty clothes I could find because they were right. all mixed up. Yeah. Um, and it's just like in my mind, this like chronically, chronic open loop, um, very overwhelming for me. So I just wash it, I dry it, I fold it and put it away. And the worst case scenario is that I have one load of laundry completely done. And then I start the next one. It really doesn't save me that much time to like have them constantly running all of the time. Right. Because Especially because then I just get overwhelmed and then I yeah. shut down. Right. It also I, uh... has a good gauge for how much you have, how many clothes you have. Right. I love that. I love that. And you shared that with me before. And uh, as a little, little side note, um, and I've been trying to practice that and you are right. It's that completing the task. Like the, I keep the, um, I put the, the, uh, clean laundry at the foot of my bed. Right. So when I can walk into my bedroom and not see that laundry basket, Okay. Next thing will be, um, making my bed, but that's a whole other thing, but at least I don't have that load of laundry at the foot of the bed. That's just calling to me, you know, and we can, we'll definitely talk about that too, but thank you for sharing that tip. Cause I think that will be really helpful, um, to our listeners. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then you wanted to t- talk about one more explanation about reducing the workload, I think. Yeah. And that is just that you can't, there is no 
solution for managing too much stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There is no laundry routine. There is no dish routine. There's no cleaning schedule, chore chart, anything that will work if you are trying to manage too much stuff, right? If you mm, just right. have too many clothes, you'll, there is no solution for just mm -hmm. trying harder and just like doing more, right? No <laughs> solution. Okay. That's great. Yeah. The, like really, if you have too much stuff, the solution is to declutter some stuff, not all of it, just some of it. Right. And you also can't organize clutter. Mm. And the way that I view organization like versus decluttering is that like decluttering is reducing the workload that you have. Organization matters and it is important, but mm -hmm. organization requires ongoing work for you, right? You right. have to create the system. You have to maintain the system. You have to change the system when it stops working, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess we're making this very laundry and clothes centered, but like <laughs> with my babies and my toddlers, like the laundry when they're teeny tiny is simple. I can right. throw it in like a little bin or a basket. It doesn't matter. They're onesies. Like I don't have to hang these. Right. I don't right, really right. have to fold them. Mm -hmm. But as they get older, I have to, I have to change that. Right. And we just sit it in my toddler's closets because I like to hang things. I like to, it's easier for me. Right. But my husband was kind of pushing back and he's like, we should get them some kind of drawers because they're tiny hands. They can't, hang things like mm. it's too frustrating for them right we want to teach them independence and how to care mm -hmm. for their stuff so we need to get them some drawers and i was like oh my god i don't want to do the drawers right but i had to change the system i had to change the way that we organize their clothes so that they could learn the skills that we value mm, you know, that right we want to teach them as parents right so right organization does matter but you can't organize too much stuff it's going to require way too much work for you right i um, i love that point it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just say, then you have to change it and then you're overwhelmed because it's, it's already overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is a, so take note here. What she's saying is that you can't organize the clutter. Okay. That when you have the clutter, then you need systems and the systems get overwhelming and you have to follow the systems. I think that's the thing. It's more steps when we have the systems to manage, <laughs> manage the clutter it's more steps that we have to take. I think that that's also another little light bulb. Like the, we're, we're reducing the overall steps that it takes to manage your home and your life. Yeah. And I try to, I, I don't know that I, I have ever said this out loud, but this is, <laughs> this is basically how I make the decisions is I want our organization to be simple enough that my my three to five-year-olds can understand it. So mm, like so thinking about toys, brilliant. I want it to be so simple that my three-year-old knows where things go. Like the organization is easy enough that she can see where things go. Um, because that's basically how my brain works. Like I need it to be that simple. I'm also Montessori trained. And this mm -hmm. is something that I learned like very deeply in my Montessori training is like how to set up an environment that is really simple to understand and create order out of. Like it's Montessori has been very like watered down, mm -hmm. but Maria Montessori is basically a master of the subconscious mind. And so she's like the environment, they're absorbing it. And if you can create an environment that has order, that will help their brain develop in a way that has order. Right. 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 Um, so like even in my kitchen, like if you, if a stranger were to walk into my kitchen, like if Tracy, you came over and I was like, Hey, Tracy, come over and make dinner. Like it would be simple enough that you could just open up things and be like, this is where the pans are. This is right. where serving plates and dishes are, right? This mm -hmm. is where the coffee cabinet is. Cause I've got a coffee cabinet, right? Um, so do I, Krista. have too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just a whole coffee cabinet. Yep. <laughs> um, yes. And if you have too much stuff, like creating really simple organization just isn't possible. Mm. I've tried like the more stuff you have, the more complex it has to be. Mm -hmm. And even with toys, cause I used to be a teacher, I can look in hindsight and be like, that's why teaching was so hard for me is because 90% of my work was spent on just like making it so that the kids didn't destroy the stuff and then clean up their stuff. It was impossible to do because there was too much. It was too complicated. Right. There were too many categories it was like 
it was just too much. Mm -hmm. Straight up, it was just too much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think that is that 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 right there, too much, <laughs> kind of yeah. is a good description of ADHD, right? Too much, too much. When there's too much, we get overloaded, we shut down, we get frustrated, overwhelmed, um, and it's hard to move forward. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so so we want to declutter we because it reduce, reduces the the workload um and it makes life with ADHD and life as a mom with ADHD, which is a whole other, you know, <laughs> there's motherhood and then there's motherhood with ADHD, which is a whole other thing, which is already, you know, um already a lot. Okay. So um yes. so like ADHD squared. <laughs> ADHD squared. That's brilliant. ADHD, I'm writing that one down. Yeah. That's a good one. ADHD squared. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you also, we, we spoke, um, about simplifying the decision-making process because here's another thing about those of us with ADHD is that we get decision fatigue. I mean, if you think about all of the decisions that we're making, even before, um, before I sit down to work, I have made, I don't even know how many decisions. So when we declutter, um, we're, we're simplifying this stuff when the organization and that kind of thing, but how do we, do, what does it look like to simplify decision-making? Yes. Okay. So I have for the ADHD specific, I think I just thought of this too, because I've been thinking about this, but at the most simple level, the simplest way to declutter is to start with this, the easiest things to make decisions on. So I'll give mm -hmm. you some examples and kind of walk through the process of like how it works. So I think a lot of times when, you know, we think about decluttering, we get overwhelmed, right? Because we're looking at all of the stuff that we have to declutter. We're like, oh my gosh, I see this house full of stuff that I have to declutter. And when you're looking at it as a whole, it gets very overwhelming. So mm -hmm. start finding like a micro space within your home mm -hmm. that does not have a lot of emotion attached to it. The two spaces I love to recommend are a spice cabinet mm -hmm. or like under your under the sink. I say under the sink because it can be like under your kitchen sink. It can be under your bathroom sink. If you have a laundry room, it can be you know, your laundry room cabinet, but something somewhere in your house where the decisions are naturally easy and you might even have some built-in decision makers for you. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is expired. This is trashed. This is a duplicate. I never use this cleaner, this, you know, or whatever. And um, for ADHD specifically, because I know you talk about this a lot, like we're very body-based. Mm -hmm. I, and there's a lot of like, uh, there's, I asked my therapist about this because I've done EMDR therapy before and you, it's like a bilateral stimulation. Right. And I'm like, why don't they consider like walking a form of EMDR? Which is mm -hmm. like technically it is, right? Because you're like moving side by side. You're like body is in a rhythm, like a side by side rhythm. Right. But you can also do that with like pulling weeds from your garden. Oh. And what I've noticed is you're also, you can also, yeah, you can also do that with decluttering. Like you've got a bag ooh. in your hand. You're like reaching up into the spice cabinet, putting it in the bag. Like there's, if you can get into your body, it makes decisions oh, easier God. because it calms your mind, right? I know you understand this better. You probably articulate it better than I can, but it is moving your body and it's calming your nervous system. It's calming your mind, which makes decision-making easier. And so if you can kind of gamify it a little bit and like, be like, I'm going to grab my bag. I'm going to go through this cabinet and be like moving things from my right hand to my left hand and into the bag. It can become a lot simpler and you're doing things. You're starting with things that are benign, right? You're not starting with your last child's baby clothes. You're starting with mm, right. old gross stuff under the sink. It's mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I want this gone. Right. And then you are, you know, you're giving yourself the experience of decluttering. You're kind of like showing it to yourself, like your subconscious, you're showing it to the people in your home of like, I've decluttered and and nothing bad happened. Actually, a lot of really great things happened. It wasn't as hard as I expected. It feels really good to get those things out. I've got momentum going. You know, I did the spice cabinet. I might as well move on to the coffee cabinet, right? I might as well move mm -hmm. on to the Tupperware or, you know, building that momentum kind of naturally and just being aware that decluttering is a it's a physical mm -hmm. chore basically right. 
And if you can kind of trick yourself into doing things like bilateral stimulation or even just moving like up and down, it does make the, for me, and I think a lot of people with ADHD, the brain side of it easier and even the emotional side of it. <laughs> right. So, so many things and what you just said, and I want to um, unpack that just, okay. So what you just said about the emotional part of um, decluttering, we, Krista and I, I was just looking at when we did that episode and it was about um, two weeks from today, a year ago, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. So it was about a year ago. So definitely I will put the link to that. It's um, the emotional, the emotional impact of decluttering on the ADHD mind. Definitely, you definitely want to check that out. We're not going to go deep into the emotions, um, but it's huge, right? So go check that one out. But I also love, love, love what you just talked about, about the cross, cross lateral stimulation. And I talk a lot about that, like that, that is that in that EMDR, like it's that, that cross lateral um, stimulation, it helps to, um, or the cross lateral movement it stimulates the brain. It helps for both hemispheres of the brain to come online. So, oh my gosh, we can do that while we're decluttering. I love how you you said we can gamify it, make it a game. Okay, I'm going to take it from my left hand to my right hand and put it over here. That is cross lateral um, movement, right? You're you, so while you're decluttering, you're also helping your brain so that you can make decisions more easily. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, um, I think it, it makes it fun. Then yeah, kind of it, <laughs> it makes it Which fun. Means- and if you can think about, okay, so not only am I, you know, doing this for my home and my family, I'm also doing this for, um, for like, I can do this. I can help my brain, right. The movement of it. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. is just brilliant. Now, um, so one other thing and we're going to, we're going to circle back to this, but, um, Actually, it is, um, it's kind of along the same, same lines. You talk about decluttering when you come at decluttering as, um, as, uh, um, decluttering with motherhood in mind rather than minimalism in mind. So can that also help with your decision making? You're, it's not it's not decluttering to be a minimalist, which I love your tagline is is you know we're decluttering without becoming a full blown minimalist. Decluttering is not about minimalism, and especially pay attention here because this is what Krista do- does. It's about motherhood and making it more fulfilling, more enjoyable, and more of what you want your family to experience. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of on the same note of like the ADHD squared, right? Like if you're, if you have ADHD and then you have kids, it's basically like your ADHD now has ADHD. Right. right? Yes. And so when you are a mom who's, you know, working to declutter and needs to simplify things, you're not just doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're not just decluttering your own stuff. And when I say like for yourself, it's not like, I'm just doing this because I want to do it. It's like you're not only decluttering your stuff, you're also decluttering like on behalf of your kids if they can't make decisions for themselves. And you also have to, you know, walk them through the decision making process and you have to teach them the skill of decluttering. And as they get older, because we have teens and preteens as well, you also have to teach them the skill of like mindful consumption and being in control of like how you spend your money and all of those things. Right. Um, and so when you're thinking, I think when a lot of people think about like decluttering or simplifying or minimalism, they think that it has to be really extreme mm-hmm. and it has to be like what I did, which is like, oh, we have a house full of stuff that's overwhelming. I can't manage it to like only a couple suitcases of stuff. And I don't recommend that because when you have kids, you do need stuff, right? You need stuff, but you also want stuff and stuff does serve a purpose. And mm-hmm. especially with ADHD, like you've got a lot of creative energy. And so you enjoy, you enjoy creating whatever your thing is, right? Like for me, it's like painting, painting Mm -hmm. and painting and movement and exercise and plants, like house plants. Like I love those things. Like I want to have those things. I'm not going to deprive myself. Right. But also I live with six other people who also have 
their own interests, their own needs, their own ways of like how they channel their creative energy. Like my, mm -hmm. my daughter is super into fashion. Like she follows every single fashion week. So she's got a lot of clothes, but she's old enough to manage them herself. Right. right. My son is super into sports and he loves thrifting athletic shoes. <laughs> so he's got like four or five shelves of like expensive athletic shoes that he's thrifted and mm -hmm. found. And so if I was going to try to be a minimalist, like that wouldn't really fit into the box of what I think people consider minimalism. So right. I approach decluttering from motherhood. Mm -hmm. Like what, what values do I want to instill in my kids? Um, like back to the clothes example, right? My husband's like, yeah, hanging, it works for you really well, mm -hmm. but these are skills that our three and five-year-old I think would really benefit from. So let's just switch it up for now. Right. And get them, you know, the fabric bins that they can put on a shelf and they can fold their own clothes. And so I'm like, okay, right. fine. Like this is motherhood is in mind here. Right. Yeah. Um, but also like my three and five-year-old need an amount of clothes that they can manage. Cause if they have three baskets of clothes to fold and put away, they're not going to do that. Right. They're going to be too mm -hmm. overwhelmed. But if they only have four shorts to put away, you know, they can do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, an ever changing too, because right. When you have kids who are constantly growing and constantly moving into different stages, stages of childhood and development, mm -hmm. they need different things. Right. Right. My daughter's got hair tools. My daughter's got clothes. She's got whatever it is that she has. I don't know, you know, things that she uses to creatively express it and figure out who she is. Right. Um, right. My but yeah, for my younger kids, like I have more control over that. And so one thing that I try to deliver with sensitivity is that for your young children, like if you are overwhelmed by the amount of toys they have, like you've got to take ownership of that because they're not the ones responsible for buying the toys right? or bringing the toys into the house or not putting up boundaries with family who gives you too much stuff, right? That's not the mm -hmm. kid's fault. And so I don't know. Motherhood is complicated. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. And so the stuff has to be simplified. And one of the things that I get really passionate about is that you can get rid of stuff all day long. You can always get more stuff. What mm -hmm. you can't get back are the people. Like you can't mm -hmm. get back the people in your house and you can't right. get back the time that you get with them. Yeah. And so something has to give and it can't be, it can't be the people. It can't be your relationships. It can't be your time with them. It's got to be right. these pointless stuff. So hopefully that maybe. That's, a, a that's an important uh, point that you just said too. the pointless stuff, right? Yeah. There's a lot of pointless stuff that comes through the house, especially yeah. when you have kids. And I love that you yeah. pointed out the shoes too, Krista, because I never would have imagined that your son would have a, a shelves of shoes, right? Just because I, because you're, because you're, uh, because you teach decluttering, but I love that it's because that's what he's interested in. And that's what that, those are the things that are important. So I think that's a really important distinction. It's not about getting rid of stuff for the sake of getting rid of stuff. It's to, it's to, so that you can enjoy the time, but that you can also focus on, you know, he's got those shoes and he's got his, his athletics which is something he's interested in. If he's got all this other stuff, it it gets watered down. Like your interests get, well, it, you can't get to them for one thing. So um, so I was wondering if you could, uh, I've heard you say that when you're, when you're going through your stuff. So I had read the, um, the uh, um, I can't remember Marie Kondo's book years ago when it came out and always struggled with that book. I'm like, I can't do this, right? This is this is too much. And one of the things that she says is, um, does it spark joy? Well, shoot, most of the stuff in my house, I can look around and I can say that sparks joy, that sparks joy, that sparks joy. Like, then there's nothing that I can let go of. But when I come yeah. at it, I've heard you say, will you miss it? That's a whole other thing, right? Yes, that sparks yes. joy, but will I miss it if it's gone? Like that's a that's a whole other thing and a, and a whole different perspective. It's a perspective shift. Yes. So I read that book. I was looking, I just looked up to see what year it was published. Uh -huh. So I read that book when 
pretty early when we were in Florida. And I remember reading it too. And, and there, there being, a, even though, you know, like the word the, wasn't connecting in my mind, what mm-hmm. I had done, even though we had done that, I'm like reading her book and it just wasn't connecting with me. Like I was like, everybody's talking about, it. everybody loves this book. Everybody says this book is like life-changing and I don't really understand it. Right. And maybe it's because I wasn't struggling with my stuff, but I mm. also just didn't really relate to the, like, does it spark joy? I think what I did relate to was when she talked about her childhood, because I was that kid too, mm-hmm. who was like always organizing spaces. And I would like take stuff out of my room and put it into my siblings' bedrooms. And then everybody wanted to come hang out in my room because my room was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like my daughter. She's always putting the things that she doesn't want on my bed. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I originally read that book, there was just some kind of a disconnect. And I don't, I still don't really know what it is. And I think part of it is, and now that she has kids, you know, she's coming out with some different kind of content. Right. But yeah, I think the biggest thing was like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Does it spark joy? Like my diaper pale did not spark joy. I just needed right. it. It actually sparked a lot of like, I hate this thing, <laughs> right? right? Like I can't wait to be done with this thing, but I can't get rid of it yet because the convenience factor is there. And so I didn't really, I think that the whole like spark joy and maybe she talks about it in the book and I just missed it, but, mm-hmm. um, and I love her content and I love the show. So it's not a dig at her. It's just, yeah, that it's just not, it's just a, it's just a, what, what works what works yeah, better too right singular. yeah yeah it was too singular and that's kind of what you and i talked about was like yeah spark joy is just one of the questions that i have to ask myself because mm-hmm. the example that i wanted to share is the hydro garden that i had mm-hmm. i actually had two of them and i got them like i got them three years ago i got two hydro gardens because i knew that like winters in the midwest were going to be hard because i come from alaska and i know the dark is hard for me like, I'm going to get some hydro gardens. We're going to have plants in our house. We're going to grow like herbs and flowers and tomatoes and cucumbers. And we did that for almost three years. And that sparked a lot of joy, right? Mm-hmm. Like having like gardening is awesome for me. House plants are amazing for me, but hydro gardens are a lot of work. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. And then I started homeschooling the kids. And then we had like babies and and like life stuff happening and renovations in our house and like career transitions and relationship and family dynamics like just were a lot right and so yeah the hydro garden itself like if it's just me and just a hydro garden amazing sparks Mm -hmm. all the joy right but the hydro garden and me with five kids who are ramping up like we've got some in high school, some going into middle school, some going into high school. I've got toddlers right. who are starting kindergarten. I've got business changes. Like, so the hydro garden and the perspective of that just feels like burden. Yeah. Like, so when it comes to like asking yourself, like, does it spark joy? It's it's not enough. It's not enough of a question. And that was really hard for me to let go of because I was like, I love this. I really want this. I have a lot of friends who bought it because I bought it. Right, right. right. Um, it was a good chunk of money, you know, like, um, but when I thought about like, if I get rid of this, am I, how am I going to feel if I get rid of this? I'm going to mm-hmm. feel relief, right? Yeah, right. For the right. season of my life. And mm-hmm. maybe down the road, I do it again, right? <laughs> and I can totally do that. But yeah. Yeah, I I, was, I love that example, right? Yes, it sparks joy. And we have different seasons of life as, as well. And with kids, you've got kids in all different stages of childhood and things change. I mean, things change overnight. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like. Yes. And here's yeah, the thing. Literally. At a later date, at a different season in your life, then maybe you get another one. Right. I think that's the yeah. thing too. Like maybe you even get the same one back at some point somehow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but we can also, it's, it's about seasons of life as well. Like we don't, we can let something go. And if we need it, we can get it again. Right. It's not that hard. We can get yeah. just about anything on eBay or, um, or Amazon. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, we do not live in a, in a place with a shortage of stuff. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> Right. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that example. 
And on the other end of it, like a, a less like, uh, like sparking joy type of thing is when you're doing more of like the mundane type of decluttering, you know, like mm -hmm. your spice cabinet or under the sink or your Tupperware or whatever's in your hallway closet. Like when you're looking at those items individually and you're like, it's in your hands and you're like, wow, these sheets that I never use are really nice. Like I'm going to miss these. You put it in a bag along with a bunch of other bags of stuff, you get rid of it and you don't even remember what you have, right. which is the most um, like shocking thing to me, I think, is that like mm -hmm. I literally have, I cleared out an entire house full of stuff and I can't even tell you what the stuff was. Like right. none of Isn't it that was crazy? that important. And yeah. Yes. Um, and I, every now and then I like, maybe I'll ask it in my group today. Every now and then I like to ask people like, is there anything that you ever decluttered that you really regret? And they're like, no, not really. Like every now and then like something might come up, but when it does come up, it's like a minor inconvenience. Like right. The example that I have is a pie. Like we've moved a lot. We moved like 13 times in 10 years. Wow. And when I'm packing up stuff, yeah, to move like across the country, um, for whatever, it's so funny. The thing that didn't fit into the kitchen stuff, right? Like I've got plates, dishes, like mm -hmm. pots and pans and all that stuff. The pie pans never make the cut. I don't know why I'm like, whatever. It's <laughs> funny. We never make pies. Yeah. We never, I never make pies. I don't need a pie pan. Right. But like when we, moved, when we got to Idaho, like the very first thing that I got assigned for like the class project was make a pie. I was like, oh my gosh. Of course. I have to go get a pie. I have to go get a pie pan again. I've had to buy like for whatever reason when we move, I don't bring the pie pan and then immediately I need the pie pan. That's funny. But like that's not But that. you can get that. You can get a pie pan at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. I can ask my neighbor if I can borrow their pie pan. Right? This is true. I yeah, can you can it. ask your neighbor to yeah. borrow something. Uh, th there's yeah. lots of different ways that we don't have to keep and hold on to all the stuff. And I love that. Will you miss it? Cause that completely yeah. changes the game. So yeah. And can you figure it out if you don't have it? Yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. So, um, I wanted to talk also about many of us with ADHD, we have this out of sight, out of mind thing, right? So that if we, you know, if we don't see it, it's not going to get done or it's not, or we think we don't have it or we, whatever the case may be. Can you speak into a little bit into that out of sight, out of mind? And, um, you know, especially because when we were talking about this out of sight, out of mind, we were talking about counters, right? And a lot of times like that's where my fa family sees that. And that's where I see the thing that needs to be you know, like something that needs to go to the bank or something that needs to be mailed or a bill that needs to be paid. What is your, what's your take on out of sight, out of mind? Yeah. So for me, I think this is the right word. I'm not sure this is the right word. For me, it's kind of a paradox because like I have to be able to see it or else I will forget about it. But, but if I have to see everything all of the time, mm. I don't have the brain space to remember anything, right? Because I'm right. like constantly like, oh my gosh, there's so much around me. And so it's this balance of like having things out where I can see them. And I can give some specific examples of like what this looks like in a day-to-day -day life that hopefully people can relate to. Um, but for the most part, I try to make it so that I can, I can see all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. um, even down to like, not this isn't going to be practical for everybody and it was not possible in every single house that i've lived in but the house that we're in now we are completely renovating on the inside and so i've been able to kind of like hack my hack my home to support oh, me right but um like the pantry for example mm -hmm. our pantry has open shelves now originally when we got this house there was no pantry at all so everything mm -hmm. was in kitchen cabinets behind closed doors but I needed to, I needed it to be able to, so when I open up the cabinet doors, I can see what we have. Mm -hmm. So I'm not buying, right. you know, for example, like cinnamon, mm -hmm. like I'm like, oh, we have cinnamon. Cause that's for whatever reason, like, I don't see it. I'm like, oh, I guess we need it. And all of a sudden I've got five cinnamons or olive right. oils or whatever. Um, so I want my stuff to fit into the space that I have mm -hmm. so that visually I can see it for the things that aren't out on an everyday basis. So our pantry now is in our laundry room and it has open shelves. The doors don't even mm. close. So I can just always see it. 
Right. And I didn't even tell my husband why I wanted it that way. Cause at that point it was like three years ago, I still had like lots of shame around <laughs> the way my brain works. Right. Um, I'm like, wouldn't it be so nice if we had these really beautiful shelves and baskets so we could see everything that we have. And luckily mm. he was like, yeah, that's great. Um, not every spouse is going to agree with that. Cause he doesn't want that in like closets, but I'm getting right. off track. Um, but like a, another example is like bills on the counter. Mm -hmm. It used to be that, or it still is like, if there's a bill on the counter and I can see it, I know that means it needs to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And before when we had clutter and dishes and kids stuff all over the counters, that stuff would get buried. And then I would miss really important things, whether it was a bill or an appointment or, you know, a school project for the kids because I couldn't see it and therefore I didn't remember it. And so all of right. this pointless stuff was covering up the stuff that was important. Mm -hmm. So that's just another way that clutter kind of gets in the way. And you have to find that balance of like, it needs to be visible, but not everything can be visible or you right. miss the things that are important. Um, and then another example of this, just kind of like in a less visible way. I know this is kind of like abstract, but hopefully they can all, you can all understand, um, like clothes for my kids. So I used to try to be the type of person who would buy clothes a season in advance or like mm -hmm. a size in advance. I would get them on clearance. I would buy those clothes and I would bring them home and there wouldn't be room in the closet. So I'd put them into a box either under the bed or in the closet or the top of the closet. I couldn't see them. And I would forget they were there. Right. And then I would be like, oh, what's in this box? And it's like, oh my gosh, it's the winter clothes that I spent all this money on for last winter no, that didn't right. fit. Like I missed the opportunity to use them because I couldn't see them. And so right. I just don't do those kinds. I don't buy clothes in advance anymore mm -hmm. because I know that about myself. Like I right. don't have enough space, like physical space in my home to have those out where I can see them and remember them. So I just don't do that anymore. I've given up on that. I've given right. up on that dream of being that person. Now, I wish that we had had this conversation when my kids were younger because I had, we kind of had this, um, this uh, um, system with friends that I would get clothes from a friend that were, that was, their kids were a little bit older. So I would have, I was buried in clothes and organizing clothes. It was, it was insane. And I, I wish, I wish that I hadn't and that I had just <laughs> done it differently. But, um, but yeah, I, the, we keep coming back to clothes, right? Clothes are huge. Clothes centered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like my, my toddlers now, like on the same note, cause the youngest two are girls. Like now I can take my five-year-old stuff when it doesn't fit her anymore. And I, I can move it over to my three-year-old's closet and it's mm -hmm. not a big deal. Because right. Because you have the space, that. right? Yeah. 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 And so there's some stuff like in her wardrobe that kind of like fills the gaps for her. So I don't have to buy a completely new wardrobe, but I'm not doing like I used to do, which was like, yeah, boxes and boxes. And right. I had friends who did that for me in Alaska too. And it's so embarrassing. It's like one of the most embarrassing <laughs> um, motherhood experiences that I had because they all had these like really, I was one of those things of like, oh, I, I my brain is different, I guess. Right. Right. They had these systems where they were like passing boxes between each other and like keeping track of sizes and who has what. And I got the boxes. First of all, they just dropped them on my doorstep. So that was their mistake. Number one, <laughs> drop these things off on my doorstep for my, my son was probably like three months old. And then you like want them back. <laughs> she wanted them back. I was already overwhelmed by my three kids clothes and trying to save things up that I thought it was a gift. And I just, I just donated that at all. I like I didn't even open it. Oh. And then like two later, she's like, Hey, I'm ready for the clothes back. And I was like, I didn't even open those because I that I was like, you there was no clarity there. And maybe right. there was clarity there, but you know, my brain forgot. <laughs> but yeah, like that stuff is is so much to manage. And in hindsight, I'm like, there was nothing wrong with me. Right. It was just too much to manage. It was just too much. I love that. I mean, that that is that 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 kind of wraps up our whole conversation, right? Yeah. The stuff is too much to manage. We have to manage it. And and I love I love that you call that you say that we can't 
we can't organize clutter like there's not there there's not it 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 it, it we need to keep creating systems and then we have to manage the systems or maintain the systems so that we can keep up with the things. Yeah, Krista, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think we're probably maybe next April, May, we'll have another conversation yeah. and, we'll, and we'll go a little bit deeper, but this has been really helpful in, first of all, understanding how, um, how, clutter impacts us and that especially with our adhd we need life to be as simple as possible so when we have all this stuff it makes it more complicated when we reduce the clutter then things get easier and we have fewer steps so is there one thing that our listeners could do like right now like the very first step that would be really simple that they could start with yeah so grab a bag like a trash bag or a really good box. If you have a really good box, you can use this really good box too and open up either your spice cabinet or under your sink, any sink in your house and just start like getting rid of, getting rid of things, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, really are not essential. You've got duplicates, they're expired, it's gross old cleaning products or whatever trash. There's probably a lot of trash in there. Um, you know, spices and things that you actually don't eat or you don't like, mm -hmm. um, start putting it into the bag just getting some movement going, clear out that one cabinet and then move on to the next one. In the bathroom, you can also, you know, if you're doing like a bathroom sink, you can do things like consolidate. You can consolidate your three half used bags of cotton balls into one bag, right? And get rid of that right. excess and just right. see how it feels and like enjoy that and like feel good about it and then move on to the next, the next space. Maybe it's your bathroom towels, Maybe you get those done, you move on to like your linen closet, you get those done, and then maybe you can move on to like your wardrobe, right? Because you've got this experience and momentum going. And the wins. I, I love I love yes. that idea of starting with things that are not sentimental and that are that are just things that we have. Like there's no attachment. There's no attachment to expired cinnamon, right? We don't have an attachment right. to expired cinnamon. We don't need to be keeping expired cinnamon, right? We start with the things that we don't have an attachment to, which is different than the way that I had been going about it. And like starting with, okay, the kid's room, like let's declutter the kid's yeah. room. That is not a place. If you, if you, and I think this is the, what you're talking about too. You do the spice cabinet, you get a win, you get a dopamine hit, right? You, you do under the sink, you get, you have another win, you have another dopamine hit. So you're accumulating these little wins and these little dopamine hits. So then you can move on to the, to the bigger things. And I know you've got, um, so maybe that leads us into, um, into how our listeners can find you and to your uh decluttering simplified course and and all of the things like how what, tell us all about all the things yes yeah so probably the simplest way for listening to this on the podcast is to head over to the motherhood simplified podcast mm -hmm. um and you can actually find episodes on what you just like here's moving into the next stage for you um when you're decluttering as a mom the best way to start decluttering your kids stuff is by leading by example and doing your stuff first right so you can go listen to episodes i've got on that um and then when you listen to the to the podcast i've always got a little like um freebie that you'll hear at the beginning of each episode i don't know what it is currently but there's like a free video or a free guide to get you started um and you can get into that and we'll get you going um i also have a course decluttering simplified <laughs> because you got to make it simple. Um, it's a course and a community. So um, you get monthly Q and A's, monthly co-decluttering sessions, which are just body doubling sessions for mm -hmm. decluttering, right? Like ADHD and body doubling is amazing. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, come check out the podcast. Okay, fantastic. Definitely check out Krista and her work. Um, she's amazing. Like, like I said earlier, she's kind of in my head, like, like kind of like a, what would Krista do? What would Krista do? On your shoulder. <laughs> on my shoulder, a little Krista on my shoulder telling me like, um, will you miss it? Will you miss it? Anyway, go check out Krista, yes. check out the podcast, check out her, um, her free stuff. She's got great free stuff. She also has a great free, um, community, Facebook community that you also want to check out. 
Um, and Krista, thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your brilliance with us and um, for sharing, you know, helping us to uh, simplify our lives as moms with ADHD. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step -step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, stay focused on what's important, shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly, make decisions more easily, and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.